Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. These are grace gifts. They're not given on the basis of some merit. Well, I have four years of college, or I have 12 years of college, or I own a multi-million dollar business, or, you know, I run this thing, so... No, they're grace gifts. They're sovereignly given by God to you and to me. That means, what attitude should I have when I use my gift? Here it is. An attitude of gratitude and servitude. Never pride. If a person is faithful and obedient to the Lord, he will experience success and prosperity. Have you ever heard that? It's true, but not necessarily in the way that the world would imagine it. Empowerment through the Holy Spirit, successfully using the gifts God has given us. This is true success in Him. Disobedience to the Lord always results in some kind of turmoil, whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual. We'll see how this holds true in the example of King Uzziah, a man graciously favored by God until he defiantly disobeys the Lord's commands. Like many people before and after him, pride will be allowed to take root and bring him down. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 1 for part one of our message entitled, Operating Within Our Gifting. Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in the place of his father, Amaziah. He was the one who rebuilt Elath and restored it to Judah after Amaziah rested with his father. And Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. His mother's name was Jacaliah, and she was from Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done. He sought God during the days of Zechariah who instructed him in the fear of God. There's a sentence you want to underline in verse 5. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. So Uzziah, who is the son of Amaziah, succeeds him, begins the reign with much prosperity. The reason as you see in verse 5. Why is it hard for us to learn that simple truth that we see in verse 5? As long as we put Him first in our lives, as long as we seek God, we'll have success and prosperity. Why is it so hard for us to understand that? Man, it's so common sense. And yet sometimes we don't get it. I mean, the opposite of that's not said in this statement, but what's the opposite? If you disobey God, put other things first, we will not succeed and we will not prosper. It's just as simple as that. It is important in all of our lives 
And the more I counsel, all the years that I've counseled, I almost think I ought to have that plastered on the wall. Here's it. Come in. Read statement one. You agree with that? Good. See ya. (laughs) Because really, that's it. Who's the determining factor of that? You are. I am. For my own life. I can try to guide you. I can try. Don't take that too far. Certainly, in our day and age, in our world, it is totally in the dark as to what the Bible teaches. They, they don't have a clue. We think they know. They don't know. We'll be talking about that. So it is important in our counseling that we can point to the Word of God and say, well, here's what God says. But after that, then this principle holds. Verse 6. By the way, you can just look at that and say tonight, are you successful and are you prosperous? Well, if you are, then you're doing the first. If you're not, straighten up. Get back to putting God first. Do what he asked for you to do in your life. Verse 6. Now he went to war against the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath, Jabna, and Ashdod. He then rebuilt towns near Ashdod and everywhere among the Philistines. Verse 7. God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabs who lived in Gerbal and against the Mennonites. And the Ammonites brought tribute to Uzziah. And his fame spread as far as the border of Egypt because he became, he had become very powerful. As you read Uzziah, you can see that he has a kind of that triple A personality. He's active, he's involved everywhere, he fights successfully against the Philistines, he takes and dismantles their main cities, their chief cities. He then goes against the Arabians and the Mennonites and defeats them, and then finally the Ammonites come under tribute to him. Notice in verse 7 the reason that he's successful. The reason he's successful is not because he has a triple-A personality. The reason is he's successful, as verse 7 says, God helped him. That's the reason any of us are successful in our life. John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So it isn't our personalities that make it successful. Certainly want to be friendly to people and outgoing and hard workers and all those things that we've studied in Proverbs. But the key is God uses whatever kind of personality we have. You can be a cleric and God will still use that if you realize God is the source. Now notice because of his success, right by verse 8 you might just write the word dangerous pride. Because of his success, here comes pride. Now people know his name, his reputation. His fame is spread everywhere. He's powerful. Will this affect his life? We'll see shortly. Uzziah built towns in Jerusalem at the corner gate, at the valley gate, at the angle of the wall, and he fortified them. And he also built towers in the desert and dug many cisterns because he had much livestock in the foothills and in the plain. He had people working his fields and vineyards in the hills and the fertile lands, for he loved the soil. So he's busy doing everything. He's fortifying the areas of Jerusalem. God's blessing him. He's got this great reputation. He moves this construction crew from point A to point B. 
He's everywhere. He's got a green thumb. He loves to give his hands in the dirt. And he likes to see the crops come forth and the grapes. And he's just an all-around active guy doing neat things. And it's just neat to see that happening in that, in that area. Verse 11. Not only that, but Uzziah had a well-trained army, ready to go out by divisions according to their numbers, as mustered by Jael the secretary, and Manasseh, the officer under the direction of Hananiah and one of the royal officers. And the total number of family leaders over the fighting men was 2,600. Under their command was an army, look at the size of this army, 307,500 men trained for war, a powerful force to support the king, against his enemies. Notice what happens. When the leader is following God, it has a tremendous effect on the community and the church. So when the leader isn't following God, it spreads to the people. So that's a blessing. That, that's why, and, it, and it's, it's a blessing to know tonight that that's happening. When you're praying for the pastors of this church and the elders of this church, you're praying for your own self. You don't realize that. Because as God keeps us going straight, teaching the Word of God, keeping our priorities straight, doing the things that matter, as we do that, the blessing of God comes from us and goes all over you guys and our community as God does this. And it's a blessing. And you see that's exactly what's happening there. Again, it's not because of us. It's because we're honoring God. And with that, that unity flows. Verse 14. Uzziah went down to the Navy Army goods store and he got shields and spears and helmets and coats of armors and bows and sling stones for the entire army. In Jerusalem, he made machines designed by skillful men, probably not like the new jet fighters that are five billion or whatever, on the towers and on the corner defenses to shoot arrows and hurl large stones. His fame spread far and wide. For he was greatly helped, notice, circle the word, until he became powerful. Now, in verse 15, you see this in the ancient warfare days, they certainly didn't have planes and all the kind of stuff that we have, that they had these machines that would just hurl these huge rocks. And they would have these bows that could be fixed and pulled without human power. They'd have a way to, to pull them. And uh, they would be able to send these arrows just huge distances in those particular days. But notice, his fame spread far and wide, for he was greatly helped until he became powerful. Verse 16, but after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. Did we ever hear that principle anywhere before? I just... I want to remind you, remember in Proverbs, we talked about that. When we're prideful, you'll hear it again tonight. When we're prideful, the next thing that's coming is a fall. Remember what pride is. Pride is self-exaltation, self-preoccupation, self-delusion. You see, we become, as we see people talk about us and our reputation is spread, we begin to... Think about ourself. Well, I'm the reason. It's the reason this church is doing well, or the music thing's doing well, or my home group's doing well, or my business is doing well. I mean, I'm the answer. And we begin thinking about ourselves, and how can I make sure I present myself better? And then as we do that, we begin to exalt one another. You know, we take a little longer in the mirror, and look how good I am. And we walk by, you know how all this works. We walk by, and 
You hear people in the background. Well, yeah, I know they're talking about me, you know. They're, they're thinking, what a great, could I just touch that guy and meet that guy? And what, what a great guy. And, and pretty soon, where does it go to? Notice, self-delusion. We forget God, and we go, well, I'm the reason for my business. I'm the reason for my ministry. I'm the reason. No wonder I'm the greatest counselor around, or the greatest builder, the pastor, the teacher. I'm the one. And Who's done that? Satan has done it. Sometimes, take this right, it's a danger to become successful because some people can't handle it. So we have to be careful. God wants to make successful, but instead of giving the glory to God, we always want to do it. If you see me taking it myself, speak to one of the elders. They'll take care of me. They'll correct me. Say, that bomber guy, too big for his britches. Take care of him, would you? <laughs> They'll take care of me. You say, is that really good for you? Yeah, it's good for me. Because we don't want to fall, do we? When the leadership falls, what happens? It spreads. So we want to make sure we're giving the glory to God. So here's Uzziah. There's no room in our life as a Christian for any pride. Don't compare yourself to others. Don't think you're the hottest thing that ever came down. It, it's not going to happen. Don't do it. Now, remember, God gifts us, and we'll see that in a moment. Without Him... You take his presence, you're going to see this through Uzziah. Take his presence from him, forget it. He can have his hands in the dirt all he wants. But God isn't going to bless. So this ugly head begins to raise itself. Now the reason it raises itself, as you'll see in a moment, is because of all these things that are going to take place. Look in verse 16. But after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to a downfall. Then what did he do? He was unfaithful to the Lord his God. And he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. What is he doing? He's going into the temple to do what only the priest should do. He's so prideful that he now thinks he can do whatever he wants to do. His head swells up. His brain turns to jello. He begins to thinking, I'm the reason for my success, so I'll do whatever I want to do. Even if it's a priest's job, that's all right. I'm the king. I'm gifted to do whatever. He's not. Turn with me to... Uh, Romans chapter 12. Keep your finger there. We'll be back in a few moments. But I want to remind us of this. Then on our giftings, here's the king anointed by God to be king. That's his gifting. Not anointed to be a priest. That's God's anointing for someone else. Well, what about us in the body of Christ? Every one of you that are Christians here tonight, God has placed you, and if, if you're in this fellowship, God has placed you in a fellowship for many reasons, certainly to get fed and to grow and mature and so forth, but he has gifted you. And there are three different sets of giftings. We're not going to go through except one of those tonight. In Romans chapter 12, and also in 1 Corinthians 12, and then in Ephesians 4. But we're going to do Romans 12. Let's look down at verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. So here we're against pride. 
but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. So notice, every Christian has a measure of faith given to us by God. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form how many bodies? One. That's where the unity comes. And each member, circle the word, belongs to all the others. So in this little particular church where we're at here, we're a unit. We're a local body. Uh, the Covenant Presbyterian, First Baptist of Melbourne, whatever the churches behind here, the Lutheran Church and the Pentecostal Church and the Church of Christ, they're all individual bodies. Now, corporately, in, in Melbourne and Brevard, there's only one real church if they teach the Word of God. Then worldwide, there's only one body. But we have to break it down to this little place where we're at. We're one body. Notice, we're together. God's put us together. We belong to one another. And that's why I challenge you, don't kick back and leave this place. Make sure you're getting together with other people. We're family. You say, well, how can you be family with 3,000 people? You can be family with 5,000 people like it was in the day of Pentecost. The number isn't the key. It's that we understand we're family. We belong to each other. We'll see in a moment. We have gifts that function together. Every single person is here for that reason. Now, Satan is against the family. He's certainly against the family of God. He's out to destroy the unity. He wants to do it with pride and all other kind of things. Well, as we're here, let's look and see what we have in verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others or giving, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So as we look at those motivational gifts, now notice they're motivational gifts. They're gifts so that we can function in the body of Christ. If you're a Christian tonight, you have at least one of those seven gifts. God has given you that gift to function with it, and it's to motivate us into action. Just by Romans 12, you can just write that these are the motivational gifts. They're not the spiritual gifts. They're not the spiritual gifts of pastor, teacher, and so forth. These are the motivational gifts to take you the person in the pew and myself, and motivate us into action to do the things that he needs done in his body. It's not an exhaustive list. It's a mixture of lots of different things. There's more gifts than these, but it is a gift so that we can be built up. Now notice one thing. These are grace gifts. They're not given on the basis of some merit. Well, I have four years of college, or I have 12 years of college, or I own a multi-million dollar business, or, you know, I run this thing. So, no, they're grace gifts. They're sovereignly given by God to you and to me. That means what attitude should I have when I use my gift? Here it is. An attitude of gratitude and servitude. Never pride. So, the gifts that I have, notice... I'm to serve 
with these motivational gifts, and I'm to have this attitude of gratitude. I'm so glad that God hadn't left me out. See, somebody here tonight, Satan has said to you, well, you went through that list, you don't have any of these. God must have been taking a coffee break when he, you know, just went right by. You just went right by and nothing happened. That's a lie. You have one of these. Every Christian has one, at least, of these motivational gifts. So I ought to be thankful, and then I ought to have this attitude of serving. Okay, since I have it, I don't want it to lie dormant. I want to use it, and I realize that it's a gift from God. So every Christian has one, and God will give you the ability, the strength to use it for Him. You can't say, well, I know I got the gift, but I just don't have the strength to operate it. No, that's also a lie. God doesn't give you a gift and not provide the power, the wisdom, the strength, the time to operate it. Certainly He does. And just right by there, we won't go there tonight, but First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says this, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So let me just say that before I go through this listing quickly. We'll just review that. And what I want you to do is think tonight, yourself. If you know what your gift is, ask yourself, are you operating it? Are you serving? Every gift is based on service. So we're all serving one another. Doesn't matter what the gift is, we're all serving. So that's the motivation for the gift. I'm giving it to serve you. You're using your gifts to serve me. It's all a basis of service, not a basis of pride at all. Well, let's just list them quickly. Prophecy. That just means communicating God's message. Strength and encourage comfort. Can include foretelling. Prophecy about the future coming up. But normally it's forth, F-O-R-T-H. It's just a matter of simply giving God's heart, in his mind, through the word of God. This is a little different than the, the spiritual gift of prophecy. Second, serving. Serving each other. If a person has a gift of serving, let him or her serve. That just means giving assistance in practical ways. How's that happening here? All through the body. Hundreds of people serving. Next is teaching. That's just the ability to uh, finish on time. So I don't have that gift. Now, Pastor Bill tells me he has it, but listening and watching a few times, he doesn't have that gift either. No. What is teaching? It's the ability to examine and study the Word of God and then clarify it, defend it, proclaim it in such a way that people, as they receive it, through the Holy Spirit, are able to grasp it and grow in maturity and effectiveness. I, I knew, probably when I was 16 or so, even though I didn't really understand it, that that is one of the gifts that I had. God gave me the ability, now I'm certainly not the smartest guy in all the world, but He gave me the ability to take complicated stuff with the help of other people and break it down. And one of the comments I get a lot when I teach is, you're so simple. I take that as a great compliment. Uzziah's life was blessed because he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. As we saw in Second Chronicles 26, 
If we obey God and put Him first, we will be blessed as well. Disobedience leads only to unrest and chaos in life. But as we saw, success can also lead to pridefulness. And Uzziah succumbed to that sin. He tried to take on the priest's duties, which were not his gifts. Pastor Mark spoke about operating within our gifts and how we should not desire the gifts of others, but embrace and fulfill our own. If we're trying to do something we haven't been directed to, then we're not doing it for the Lord anyway. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll-free. The number to call is 866-779-3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. That's info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark continues through Second Chronicles and the subject of gifting. We have responsibilities that the Lord has given us. Some of that is a responsibility to others. As we'll hear, when we all utilize the gifts the Lord has given us, there will be a balance as everyone works in harmony together. But as we see with Uzziah, when a person breaks away from God's will, chaos reigns. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.